Welcome back to the movement, everybody. I'm very excited to have one of my esteemed guests. Everybody knows you, man, eh? Everybody knows you and their mothers. Brock Frost. Small town, man, Ottawa. You know, it's crazy. I was just at the gym, Ovadi, and yep. I was just talking to a friend. His name is Steven, right? Steve. Mr. 1%, they call him, right? Steven Saab? Oh, yeah. Anyways, we're, chat we're having a chat, and they want to jump on the podcast because I've told them before, let's get a podcast going. They all yep. wanted to go, and they're like, who you have coming on? I said, Brock Frost. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Brock Frost. I don't know him that well, but everybody knows him. Yes, that's that's by design, man. I'm a, I'm a self-promoter at heart. Holy smokes, hey, you're like that, uh, what's the name of that commentator? Um, Dean Brown. You're almost like the Dean Brown in the mortgage world, eh? I'm, I'm trying to be, trying to be. A few more, few more months, I'll get there. Well, that's one of my fellow kings. We're excited to have him on board, ladies and gentlemen, please, you know? Give it up to Brock Frost. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. You know, I've been looking really, uh, doing a real deep dive, man. You know, you got a very impressive operation going. I like, to, I like to think so. And it's just like, you know, it came from a humble beginnings, which is, you know, a lot of things I tell my coaching students. I, I, liked, I like to see rags to riches story and people building something out of nothing because I came there, man. I didn't, I didn't have any handouts. I didn't get any. I was, you know, I looked at my childhood home. I went and visited a couple months ago. Did you? It's like a shack. It looks like a chip truck. Where's this? In Ingleside, Ontario, which is 20 kilometers outside of Cornwall. Believe Jeez. It or not. I don't know why I said Ingleside. I was thinking that Inglewood. I was just watching that straight that, out of Compton I think movie. Inglewood out of Compton is, is better <laughs> than that house. But it's just kind of cool to see where you come from. And, uh, you know, I, I, had the, I had the student loans and the summer jobs. Like, you know, I was never hurting for food or anything like that. But yeah. uh, you know, I, didn't, I, I didn't have anything when I just pure wit and... What made you want to do that trip down memory lane? You just wanted to give yourself a uh, kind of trip yeah, down memory lane? Yeah, basically. There's no other reason. Humbility? I was just in, I was in Cornwall visiting a couple people, and I said, well, let's just take a rip down to the Ingleside. 20, it's like 20 minutes down the road to see the old house and just kind of like nostalgia, right? Of course, man. It's kind of, it's kind of cool to look at where you came from. Even if you look back at like five years. I look back. I mean, your life, everybody's life. You know, yeah. Five years, you can change a lot. We're talking about where I came from, where I grew up, and it was just kind of like it. It, put, it puts you into tears. You can't, you can't not be in tears going to your childhood home. I don't care where you're from. Well, my mind was a piece of shit, so I agree with you, man. No, but if you go there, it's going to because all those memories, man. Because you're the same person, but you're a different person. And you know, you just, I, you know, I'm, the memories of like playing the basketball in the lane with my brothers. And, Love uh, it. You know, like we're, we're 16, had the long hair and the earrings, and you, you don't even no, know. No, you're one of those guys, eh? I mean, everybody was. This skate, well, skateboard, I tried to skateboard. didn't Me really too. work. It was too, too tall for that. But, you know, it's just kind of like back in the day, you, you don't know where you're going in life. And actually, when you're like 15 and 16 and 17, you don't even think about podcasts and business and money. You're yeah. just kind of, you're a kid, right? Just kind of go back and kind of, Kind of, uh, it's like you're outside looking in, and it was just, it's, it's emotional. It's a beautiful thing, man. It you know, cool, I yeah. think a lot of people, especially if you're making it, was that one of the reasons why you did it? Kind of just to give you, I don't I, know I, why I, I can't find the word for this term right now. Yeah, I, I think it's more just a, a reminder. I mean, it helps me kind of recognize where I'm going, and, and I, it helps me too with a lot of students or coaching students and clients that are possibly not where they want to be. I, I can relate to them being in a position where, I mean, it's not enough for them. So but what's like, your story? How did you start? Tell me all about Brock Frost and how we got into where well, I didn't really today. become. I didn't really become who I am today until about 30. So my story is, I mean, I'm not going to tell you everything. we got an hour here, but and I was raised in that small town. I graduated like high school, like everybody else. Went to university. I went to Queens. I switched my, I switched my special, or what do you call it, the, the degree 
The topic. Uh, uh, Queens? Yeah. Keep I, your I, shirts I, on, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, leave <laughs> that for Frosh Week, please. I was an engineer. I was fra I was purple the first year. <laughs> so I got into engineering. So I excelled in math and numbers in school. So naturally, I said, okay, let's go into engineering. Absolutely fucking, can I swear? Absolutely. Fucking man. hated it. It was so boring. Switched into psychology. Then I went into biology. Then I went into this. Then I just dropped out and bartended. Fuck you, Jack of all trades. Yeah. And then I just, eventually I just went back as like a mature student. I was like 25 in, in class with like 18 year old. I went, I remember going to the, uh, like the, not the dean, but every like social services and say, okay, how do I graduate? Get me out of here. They're like, like guidance well, counselor. Yeah, there you go. There exactly. You go. They're like, well, you're closest, you're closest to an economics degree. I'm like, let's do that. So <laughs> eventually I, I graduated with uh, an economics degree from Queens. And that's going to, that was a turning point for me because I decided I was kind of just done with school. I was 25 and I just said, I'm going to travel for some reason. Never travel. Travel is not even my family. It's my dad, but my brothers don't travel. My mom doesn't travel. Nobody travels. I literally did that thing like off the movie. You grab a globe and you spin it. I said, let's just do that. Interesting. And I, I pointed and I landed on Taiwan. I didn't know what Taiwan was. Two days later, I moved to Taiwan. Holy shit. Yeah. So I, moved to, I just got on a plane, didn't speak a word of Mandarin, didn't know anybody, didn't have a job, just moved to Taiwan. Some balls, man. It was balls, man. I remember, and I still remember that day, like getting off into the into the Gaoxiung airport and just laughing hysterically at myself at what the fuck I was doing. I had just flew <laughs> forty fucking hours to a to a town in the south of Taiwan. That's crazy. And I'm like, and I ended up staying eight months. Oh and that, wow! And that told me that remind that that showed me though, like I became obsessed with the world. So long story short, I traveled for five years after that straight, man. All over Europe. I went to 60, 60 or 65 countries, living off some money that I won playing blackjack when I was in university. There goes my question. Yep. So I won about 60 grand. I, when, when I was in my last year at Queen's University, I was actually a blackjack dealer at the casino in Gananoque. Wow. In the house. I, beca I became obsessed with the game and started counting cards and learning all the game. I mean, it's not a legal account, but I did private, private uh, games and I won some money playing blackjack. So I traveled. I traveled on five years on that, on that money. Over 60 countries. And I came back. 60 countries? Both there, yeah, yeah. All over South America and Europe and Asia. And just You beat the house and you went over to 60 countries, man? Ice cold, baby. It becomes, like obs it becomes, obs it becomes an addiction. Not an addiction, more like a passion. So, yeah. so then I came, I came home at 30. I'm 42 years old today. At 30 years old, I came back from one of the trips to Cornwall, where, I'm, where I was living or... And uh, just kind of regroup. I'm like, okay, I'm broke now. I'm 30. What's the next stage of life? And I remember I picked, I saw a book like on a, a coffee table one day. It was from Donald Trump, man, The Art of the Deal or something like there that. There you go. Eh? So let's read that. Go and I just money. decided randomly to buy a property. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money, but I had good credit. And this is before I was a mortgage broker, or before I was even a realtor. I talked to somebody, can I get a mortgage with like no job and no credit? And they're like, yeah, there's a program or whatever. Anyways, I bought a, pro I bought a property. I'm like, that was kind of cool. I bought another one three weeks later. Another one a day later. Holy smokes. I bought 20 properties in three years, just borrowing money wherever I could get it from. And because I remember thinking back when I was a kid, I, I, I was obsessed with Monopoly. And I remember telling myself, just get your fucking name on titles, man. I don't know. It was got kind of this thing. I was like, I was 30. I'm just like, let's just get as many properties that I own. as, And then something will happen. You used to hog boardwalk, eh? You always wanted. <laughs> we always wanted those ones. But I remember, I remember thinking about to this day, like everybody who owns the properties in Monopoly, 
wins. The fuck? And it just kind of it was in the back of my head. It was like this little childhood, uh, uh, you know, obsession in this game. Not even really understanding real estate or what a mortgage was. I remember playing the game and what's this mortgage? And all I know is the mortgage, somebody pays it and then you get to collect rent when they land on you. I'm like, I just kind of thought back to that. I just said, I'm just going to get my name on as many properties as possible. See what happens. So then when I was 33, three years later, I owned 20 properties. And then in Cornwall, I started being uh, looked at as like the investment guy, the real estate. Because I mean, but it was more like I had more balls and brains at that time. I really didn't know what I was doing other than just pure fucking property borrowing whatever i could from yeah. pro- and then you start learning the game and then you start kind of learning what you're doing by doing it were you managing all those properties i was yourself? man i remember i remember i remember hustling i remember this one like i was collecting like you know i had no job right so i was making like five or six grand a month clear which at the time pretty impressive fucking baller bud i, mean, ah. I thought i thought i was a, i thought i was the Stop. king right i thought i was the king right and everybody's going around it's like how are you buying these properties and i'm just like i didn't really know I was just, other than I was just, just crazy ambitious. I just wanted all the properties. Then, and when we're talking properties, I look back to my existing, or my previous, or my original portfolio. There's some shitty properties. <laughs> there is some dumps, man. Like Fuck one of the, some slumlord. One of the ones shit, I bought eh? was 90 G's, man. No way. 90 G's. I bought my first one. I bought for 138. My third one I bought for 133. Like I bought Jeez. one for a hundred. Like. But I didn't have any money. So I'm just like, get my hands on title, start collecting some rent because the rent is what now fed my lifestyle and paid for stuff. Yeah. And then eventually properties went up and I kept, you know, flipping and buying. And I just, it kind of just got me into this. And then, I mean, that's, that's where it all started. Uh, How'd I mean, you like the flipping process? I hate it. Most of I don't, I don't do it thing. anymore, man. Yeah. You're dealing with contractors, which are always uh, either expensive don't do the right job or slow or all the all the above. No offense to the contractors out there. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the ones listing are the good ones. I am one of them. You know, yeah, I'm not but I, you know, but uh, I'm with you. it's it's a disaster. And I just it's not my like, right now. I'm looking back like I'm an equity investor, so I do buy and holds every property. I own close to 200 properties now, all new, virtually all new, I should say. So the name of the game now, essentially, since before everyone used to talk about flips. So what do you think it is now? Flips are good if you have the right crew. I mean, the flips are good because it's it's quick profit, right? If you're if you're looking at a, at a cash flow game, I mean, a right now you can't cash flow anything because of rates. Um, plus, the profit is realized long term down the road, right? But flips are good if because they do short term profits. But again, you need to have the right crew, which is fucking insane. It's hard. It's hard, have. man. It's almost flips are probably designed for the contractors are themselves the investors. Yeah. Right, that's the only way I really see it working out. I've done several flips, made money on them, on all of them, but it was like it's not worth the stress and the energy. And now my lifestyle, I want to work remotely and from any country. You can't manage a flip when I'm in fucking Italy or whatever. You know, it's just, why are you bringing up Italy now, eh? Going Italy, answer. there you go. Okay. Some cheese and wine. Uh, there'll be a little some bit. Battle. He's gonna come back with an accent. He's gonna come uh, back. You know, I sure Italiano. Hope so. I sure hope so. Cosa nostra. Oh, <laughs> I am going to Sicily. There you go. See what I'm saying? Where all the Maybe some new. Maybe I'll come up with some new ideas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got the Permagian Reggiano. <laughs> this guy. You never know, man. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you have a good crew, which makes a lot of sense, if you're a contractor, you're purchasing, you're making your own SDUs and flipping. Okay, fine. Exactly. So, I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, just from experience, I just don't really like the flips. I never really had a good experience with the contractor. Um, so I'm more now into just equity and growth because I have enough income coming from other sources 
that now I'm just like a, a wealth investor. I just buy properties that are going to go up in value and appreciate, set it, forget it, don't have to deal with the maintenance or shitty tenants and all that stuff. That's kind of my focus. Having said that, though, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Then people, Some people like flips and new construction and uh, Airbnbs. I don't do any of that. I just don't like to do it. I don't want to do it. So but what exactly is the 200 plus homes? Are they all new builds? Most of them are. So I bought, a, last year I bought 94 properties in Alberta, all, br- all brand new essentially, right? So the game there is, is it's a appreciation play. So we're anticipating that the market in Alberta is going to increase, which it has started to. For sure. So really we're just going to kind of rent them out, cover our costs. We're not making money monthly, but the appreciation and growth is where the profit's going to be. Where do you think people are moving from? I feel like a lot of them are leaving Ontario. I don't know. Well, they are. Right. I mean, Ontario's got some problems, man. I mean, they don't call it Ontario for no for no reasons. That's I mean, a fact. I mean, expen- it's expensive. Terrible, actually. Yeah. That's the first time. It's that's pretty. Catchy, it's expensive. Man. First Talk. of all, I mean, in the real estate game. You got land transfer tax. Alberta, there's no land transfer tax. There goes there's here. You 15. got landlord and tenant board rules, which is it's it's the most socialist policy of. I, I just got. I have a hearing next week. They haven't paid rent since January. Isn't that nuts? I mean, so that's a problem. It's like, so the, the province says to us, hey, uh, come on in, buy the properties, pay your land transfer tax, pay your fucking property tax, but we're not going to have any systems in place where you can make tenants pay rent. We're le- so what is the incentive, man? It's disgusting. Not was, to mention the prices are double. I was saying that the last time. It's, I'm like, you disgusting. know what? I'm like, it's crazy how if you don't pay your fucking rent, get out, man. Get out, man. Alberta, you know I mean? Alberta, it's a month and you're you're out the door. I love there's it. no fucking around, man. I, I mean, love it. The fact here, it's like it's so socialist in Ontario that it's it's th- it's theft, man. I mean, look, I know people f- fall on tough times, but we're we're not running. Not well, charity, it, man. Exactly, man. It's not charity. It's a fucking business, right? It's a business, and the fact that the government allows this to happen. I don't want to do business with a government like that. So I have, uh, and I, I'm doing a project now out in British Columbia. And I, right now we're building 16 row homes in Vernon, BC. Nice. Again, Ontario, you can fuck off. Absolutely, man. You can change the rules and then I'll invest in my own backyard. Yeah. It, it's, it's, de- it's deplorable. A lot of people I've spoken to, and me included, I am trying to transition outside of Ontario. You should. I'm, I'm 100% doing it. You should. I mean, a lot of people are now going out west because, I mean... Uh, Primarily, too, is like people can't afford Ontario anymore. So <laughs> Alberta, it's 50, 60% of the price. You can actually get into home ownership, not to mention all the other benefits of like the no land transfer tax, better rules, uh, mass I- uh, immigration. Going Give them context. I don't think they understand. Some Maybe some viewers don't understand how much land transfer tax is usually. Land transfer tax, it's, it's scalable, right? So there, it's, a, it's an increasing scale, just like your income tax rate that you pay is an increasing scale. So it's not a flat rate. Um, but it's substantial on um what'd you say on a million dollar home is a million like 15, dollar 20k uh that would be close to about 20 g's yeah yeah that's what i'm saying it's yeah. a lot of money it's a lot of money and then you got your property tax on top of that and again then you add on the the fact that tenants can just not pay rent i mean and then you have a high and you have high prices what is the incentive here zero i i, I canceled a few offers uh last year specifically i had an, I had an offer on this 35 unit apartment building out in uh in Richmond, Ontario, just outside of Ottawa. I like Richmond, and, Yeah, I like to do it. Nice building. I literally canceled the file because of the landlord and tenant board rule. Absolutely. I said, no. I said, yeah, the rents are this in theory, but in reality, during COVID, there was rent. You couldn't, you, eviction freezes. Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to sit and you, you have live. to continue paying, no? It was crazy. And if you look on Facebook, there was these tenant groups. It was like, don't pay rent. Fuck your landlord. It was like this massive movement online yeah. to not pay your landlord because the Ford government 
froze the evictions. Which is insane. It, it, what, what the fuck country is this? I don't know. What's yeah. the incentive for you guys? Because you there guys still had, to, you had to pay still. Correct. No? So I just canceled the whole... I'm not buying anything in Ontario. I said nothing. I haven't bought anything in Ontario uh, in, a, in a few years, actually. Well, you know what? Because you're a real estate investor, mortgage broker, financial coach. Let's talk about Frost. Frost yeah. Financial Coaching and Consulting. Yeah. So what's a lot of the stuff that you usually do day-to-day with your mentees, I guess? Sure. I mean, or yeah, students. Yeah. Uh, so the coaching side of thing actually came from just demand. So I had people constantly reaching out to me like, help me, coach me, coach me. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm just like, naturally, I had to, I had to just build it. Um, a lot, I think if I'd summarize, because every client is different when they come to me, a lot, most clients come to me and they don't know what they want, but they don't know what they don't know. They're like, we're lost. We feel like we're spinning our tires because most Canadians are really trapped financially right now Yeah, because it's so expensive here. We're highly taxed. You invest in stupid shit like RSPs and all that crap. They don't invest. So they, they feel pinched. They feel stressed. So they all of them just come here and they're, like, they're just like, just help. Like, help. help. Is that the common theme? It is the theme. Like, yeah. so, so no one comes to me like, hey, I need specific help with this, this, and this. Because they don't know what they don't know. They're just like literally pleading for help. And I, can, you can, I have students that are single mothers, bankrupt. And I also have millionaire people that are just like, they're, they're zombies. They feel like they don't have any time. They're not really living. They're just kind of going through the motions of just working nonstop and they haven't really mastered their time. So the coaching is really, really unique because you know usually what I do on a first session is kind of get to know the client. What do you want? Like, what? Why did you reach out to me? Is kind of like the yeah. first question. Yeah. What do you feel like you're lacking? Find the pain points. Yeah, and it's it's always different. It's kind of cool. Um, there was one coaching student. I, he came to me. He's like, I just need to make a couple other. I need to show me how to make a couple more thousand dollars per month. Did a coaching session with him, and we t- we tapped into his mindset and his psyche, and he was so lost with his identity. He didn't even know what he wanted. Interesting. And I said, I won't say his name. Let's just call him John. It's not John. I said, John, you know, you talk about you want more money because be, you could be free. I said, what if you were free right now? What would you do? He couldn't even name anything. People always talk about, oh, I want freedom. But if I give you a fucking taste of freedom, you don't know what you're going to do with it. That's interesting, man. Scary, right? So we, went, we, so we started going into, I, I call it identity, uh, identity coaching. Like, who the fuck are you? What do you actually want? What are the pain points? I had this man, 47-year-old, in tears on a Zoom. No way. We never mentioned money once for the first three sessions, not even a dollar. I said, look at John, an extra two grand a month, an extra five grand a month is not going to fix what you got, man. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you want. Holy fuck. Your Your entire identity is tied to this job that you fucking hate. So I could help you quit that job. But now, you, then you have no identity. Please tell me what his reaction was to that, because that's a big bomb. It, 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 it was, it uh, was just in shock, and he just started crying just from pure like revelation. Revelation, revelation yeah, yeah. He just kind of like he had never just thought of the concept before, right? He's like most people. Oh, I just need a couple more bucks so that I can be a bit more free and take this. All right, and I'll retire at sixty-five. All this typical bullshit that people say. Retirement is a scam. Like I, wh- why do we go through these motions and like and then like delay life and enjoyment so that when we're sixty five, like what things are going to get automatic? I did a speech in Kingston a couple months ago, and I said, I remember one part of the speech was like, 
Why do we think we're going to become professional fucking golfers when we're 67? Where did that ever come from? Or we're automatically going to be world travelers when we stop working. What a fucking joke. Our entire life is based upon work and most of the time shitty jobs that we hate. Yeah. Running tasks and errands that we despise. And they're kicking this can down the road and you think automatically life is going to become utopic when you're 67? You're fucking lying to yourself. They think shame just, on you. Yeah, man. So my conference coming up on Saturday. Okay, so it's a financial freedom conference in Ottawa at the Infinity Center. Very nice. Financial freedom. My entire segment is called "Change Your Relationship with Time." Because financial freedom, my friend, is not about money. It's about time. All the money in the world will not make you free if you do not know what to do with your time and you do not know how to manage your time and you do not know who you are. It's scary. I will not even mention money once. I will not mention real estate. I will not mention mortgages. You've got to get to the fucking root. I live free. Why? Because I have mastered my clock, brother. That's impressive, man. Mastered. I work less impressive. than four hours a day. I have five businesses. I make 200 grand a month. I travel six months a year. I master my clock. Incredible. Okay, it's, it's deeper than money. So people in Canada, they, they go through these motions of shit and they think a couple extra grand a month is going to make them free. It's not. It's the wrong approach. You're going to end up miserable. More miserable than you are right now. You're going to end up lost. And you're going to end up, ironically, broke. Which is probably 95% of the time, eh? More than that, man. I mean, it's rare where I meet a client. I speak. I see about ten files a day, either from mortgage clients or coaching students or whatever investors. Half a percent, maybe a percent, stretching it, where I would say someone has their, their kind of their finances together. Everybody else, you're fucked. Man. So we're, let's. I don't care how much you make. You're most of the time you make more money. You spend more money. You're loaded with debt. You're broke. I had a NHL hockey coach. I couldn't get a fuck. No way. Loaded with no debts. Way. Loaded with debts. Fucked financially. I'm so interested about this clock thing because I've been talking about it for a while. It's so my opening line. 24 hours a day is what we get. It's what you get, it's what I get. Everybody gets the same amount of time, right? So if we all get the same amount of time each and every day, why are some people simply more successful? Why do some people seem to have it all figured out while others fail to ever reach the smallest levels of freedom and fulfillment? And that's because financial freedom is not about money. It's about okay. time. It's about time, man. Where's Most the people fail to reach freedom because they focus too much on dollars and cents. Just the wrong approach. So then what was your first step? I mean, it's I'm been, very it's been curious, a, man. It's I'm been very... a journey. It's been a journey, bro. Like, so traveling when I was a broke traveler, that is what taught me about life and enjoyment of time. And then when I kind of started, I kind of meshed that together when I started buying properties. But at no point in my life ever did I absorb the typical bullshit path that Canadians follow. University, job, get married, fucking kids, invest your RSPs, get a bigger house and corporate ladder, Put in your pension, and then when I'm 67, my God, life's going to begin. That has never been a thought for me. I refuse to accept that garbage. Majority of people follow that path, and look at the majority of people. That's fucking They nuts. suck at life. 
No offense, people, but they do. And they come to me and say, we don't know how to live. You're zombies. You're robots. You ain't living. You're existing. It's shameful. My, my mission on life now, after 12 years of working, is to help as many people as possible break through the fucking shackles of mediocrity, man. I'm tired of seeing it. What's, it hurts. What's, what's it hurts. This, uh, for sure. What's the starting point? What do you tell most people? Let's say I just sat with you right now. I got my shit together. It's deep, man. We I know. Fuck <laughs> you guys. It, it's deep. I mean, I would find out. For, I mean, a big step is finding out what you want. So I have something that I call a freedom budget that I do with a lot of my coaching students. So, you know, we tell ourselves we work and invest so that we can live. That's what we say to ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So isn't the first step? Shouldn't the first step be to, what the fuck do you want? That's crucial. Most people don't do it. See, Canadians do it backwards. Canadians accept the life at 67 that their shitty pensions can afford. That's not freedom, bud. No, no, no. That's terrible. What do you want out of life? Go big. I had a dream of I want a mansion and a Ferrari and travel six months a year. That's what I got. A mansion and a Ferrari. And I'm going to it. I fucking own it. That was my, what I wanted. First step, what do I want? I didn't accept this is what I can have just by default of my shitty income and pensions. No, no, I refuse that. I said, what do I want? Number one goal, my life, one life, ideal life. After you've mapped that out, now how much do you need? So you start working and investing with a clear purpose of life instead of doing it completely backwards. What was your surrounding like? What was my surrounding? When you first started that, uh, that journey. Dude, I was, I've been solo my whole life, man. No, I mean like in terms of friends group and stuff like that. My friends... Because <sighs> you're on the road for so goddamn long, it's very hard I have, to maintain I have, them. I have good friends, but I, I would not say that any of them share my, my, my mindset or my kind of my lifestyle. But they're starting to lean towards me now because they can see how I live and they're going through their own struggles. I had a, one of my best friends over on the weekend. I've known him since I was 16. You know, when we had long hair and... Ingleside, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, he, and so again, same age. And he's, he's got his one house and he's got his wife and he's got his kids and he's a good husband and he's a good father. And when we were, we were swimming, I have a sauna at my house though. So when we went into the sauna, just the two of them, he just fucking let it out. Like, Dude, like fucking lost. I'm tired. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm spinning in circles. You know, so he's starting to lean towards the mindset that he's, he's kind of just going through the motions of life. He's not really pursuing passion. He loves his kids and wife, not saying that. For sure. But there's something missing. You can feel it. He's, he's in pain, right? So starting point is to kind of get to those roots of a lot of people. It's like, what, what, what do you feel you're missing? And everybody is different. I know, man. It's like you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know? That's, that, I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. But for myself, like uh, when I looked at my life and I, refu I refuse anything that doesn't allow me to be free. Do you guys try to find, to, do you try to help them find purpose? That's the first You have motive? to find your purpose. Everybody's different, right? So the, the key here is like, that's why no coaching program is the same or whatever. It's all about what do you want, yeah, man? Like, what yeah. do you want? And I say, not the nice to have, not like this would be cool or not with like, if my wife lets me, what the fuck do you want? Deep down, man. And what are you waiting for? Yeah. Another segment on my uh, on Saturday at my conference is embrace your mortality. Right? It's like we all know in reality we're going to die, but nobody lives like that. So 
So one of my things, I'm going to call somebody up and say, okay, tell me your plans over the next year. Oh, they're going to say, oh, I'm going to work on my business and I'm going to do oh, this. A bunch of garbage and I, but I go this, I go, what if you had a year to live right now? You would change every part of your existence. And I say, newsflash, you're fucking going to die. It's maybe a bit morbid to think that way, but that is the reality of things. And once you embrace your mortality, you're free, man. You stop giving a shit about so many things that don't matter. You start doing what you want. You start living the way you want. There are no more hesitations in Look, your Look, he's actions. even nodding his head. Hey, you even got the fucking I producer got it, going. This hey? is this is it, bud. This is this Bra is real. Frost. This is real shit. And why the people people just go through this? Oh, I'll I'll, I'll do that later. I'll do that when I'm sixty. No, you won't. Why the fuck are you lying to yourself? Don't you deserve more? Why would you? It's shameful when someone lies to themselves in that, and that allows them to waste time. The only real commodity that matters. Time is, is it, it, man. In 40 years, nothing will matter to me. It's, it's gone. It's over. So why am I kicking shit down the road that I actually want? Why am I focused too much on fucking paying bills and shitty errands instead of doing what I fucking want? The fuck is wrong with you guys? I agree, but what do you find with most of your guys anyways? What is the reason? They're just too scared? It's a lot of things. The cultural things is, you know, Canadians are just like, they're in that zone, right? We're taught that as an early yeah. age, man. Nobody's taught to think outside the box. You're no. taught, get your job and your fucking RSPs and your pen pension, 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 all this crap. You're taught this, right? And then conformity. You know, our parents right now, I mean, my parents are not. They don't give me any financial advice because I'll yell at them. I'm like, you don't fucking come Yeah, yeah. Here, right? But a lot of them is like, you know, their parents are living these little bubbles and then they pass that shit down, right? It's just, it's, it's cultural. Yeah. But that's I, still your fault to break through the culture. You don't, you have a choice. You can recognize that something's missing. See, a lot of people will know something's missing and they don't feel right. They don't do anything about it because maybe they're scared. Maybe they're ashamed. Maybe they're afraid to break through that culture. They don't want to be the outsider. I'm the outsider and my life is way better than most people's. I agree. It is great. I have Absolutely. people all the time like, you know, oh, I went a girl today actually, oh, you're lucky. I'm like, there's yeah. nothing lucky about what I do, darling. That's it's recognizing fun. what I want. I refuse to settle for certain things. I ain't fucking working nine to five in some cubicle or any of that. Bullshit. Fuck that. My, my lifestyle is non-negotiable. I love it, man. Non-negotiable. Fuck, I you got me fired up now. Eh? Good, buddy. Let's Holy fucking go. shit, let's go. Let's eh? fucking go. <laughs> no, but it's just like, there's so many, there's so many things and I'm just like, and, and people are like, like when I talk to people, they're, they're reaching out. They're 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 dying for help. It's like a lifeline. They're like, you can you can see it in their eyes. You can feel it in their presence. Yeah. And they just they just don't. They're so scared of just doing something different because I mean fear is, I mean change is uncomfortable for a lot of people, um, but that doesn't justify not changing. Absolutely, right? man. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Okay, what are the alternatives? Status quo. Two options, change or don't change. If you don't like the status quo, then your only option is change. That's a fact. Fact! You know what you're going to get if you do nothing. It's what you have. And if you don't like what you have, like, by process of elimination, you got to go for it. And then they just, oh, I'll do it later. No, you won't. I love that line. It's bullshit. Stop lying. But here's the thing. This is why they do it. it because it justifies your inaction, right? right. Saying that I will change, I will do this in a couple of years, or I will. I have one coaching student that uh, it's a husband and wife, and uh, 
they both work for the government. She has her job like she's sick. Keeps kicking it down the can down the road. So what I did for them in coaching, because I got to be realistic too. I can't just say, "Oh, quit your job." Quit your like, job. You got to be. Like, you have to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm pragmatic. I'm not. I'm. I'm not crazy. You're a real coach. Real coach. Well, I said this. This is what we did. I said we're. This was about a couple months ago. I said May fourteenth, two thousand twenty-four is the day you quit, no matter the fuck. I had them put all over their house. May fourteenth, two thousand twenty-four. That's the date. No matter what, you're done. You're quitting the government. It's destroying you. You can always justify, oh, well, just one more year, one more year. One more year of time. That's all we got is time. Well, that's it. Right? So now what we're doing is we're trying to mitigate any damage of like loss of income or whatever that this quitting the job is going to have. But no matter what, you're quitting that job. That's beautiful. And once you quit, once you become free, or once you get rid of something that is really just sucking the soul from you, there's no going back. There's no amount of shitty pension that would justify sucking the soul from my body. It's non-negotiable. If you gave me a choice between being a billionaire and staying in Canada or being a broke traveler exploring the world, man, it's not even a choice. Money's not. Money is... Exploring the world. Money is something, but it ain't everything. That's a fact. Okay, so these shitty pensions and all that crap and the security, great, it's security, but you hate your life. What's the point? But there is no point. Yeah. But people can't, they were so afraid to break through. So sometimes you have to just like shake people. Um, and it's tough, man, because people's identity are tied to these words, right? So, you, so imagine telling somebody like, hey, you're no longer this thing that you identify yourself with for 20 years. It's tough. It is emotional. So I'm not just, it's like cold turkey. You're not going to you know, quit alcohol or cigarettes right away. You have to ease that off or you go into withdrawal. So I have to recognize that with my clients. Workaholics is another one like, for me to get to the point now where it's four hours a day max, it's taking me time. I used to work 16 hours a day when I was busting, building, building something. Yeah. You have to scale that down. You can't just go from 16 to four like that. You will shake. You will sweat. You won't be able to do it. So even workaholics that are very, I've had a couple, a couple of clients that are workaholics, millionaires, successful, but they don't have any life outside of their work. Then what's the point, man? That's crazy. There is no point. That's fucking right? nuts. But, it's, but you have to recognize that I'm, I'm scaling it back, implementing, yeah. implementing systems that will... Allow them to actually take more time. Again, as I said, 24 hours a day is what we got. Yeah. Okay? Why would you ever want to work 16 hours a day with no real end in sight? It's... That's nuts. I, I, I don't... It's crazy to me. Yeah. I guess you find <laughs> the common theme. Everyone thinks they're... Out. Forget about the American dream. You're right. You know, get a house, the picket fence, get married. Everybody wants to do the same shit. Oh, you know what? Did you want a nicer car? I have to find a second job or I got to fucking kiss ass at the corporate job to move up the ladder. And then it just, it's a cycle. Never why, do we, cycle. I would say, why do we all choose that same pre-programmed life? Where I, did, I don't know. Was there a, was there a fucking book that we all had to read as young? This is your going to be your mediocre life that every, it's like one of those movies there, Whoville, where everybody has the same house, the same yeah, car, yeah. the same wife. And I'm like, it's fucking weird. I read something interesting, man. <laughs> I, I read that they've built, they've designed this to create factory workers, right? Because back in the days, it was completely different. I mean, China's that like right now, man. So China has created this, uh, this the psychology of the 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 your your life purpose now is for the greater good of the nation. But they've but the greater good of the nation is really for the billionaire elite. So these 100%. people work twelve hours a day. There's a good documentary on twelve hours a day, six days a week in factories, mindless robots. 
for the greater good. That's but but that's their life purpose. They've been brainwashed thinking that this is what I'm supposed to do. That's craziness. That is crazy, man. I feel like, you know why? I call Ottawa the lobster bucket city too. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of, because it's so corporate. Everybody, what's the stat? 75, 85% it's, it's of people work for some form of government. And let's honestly, let's be honest. There's a lot of bureaucracy and bullshit and politics in the government. And then next thing you know, hey, you start that, you know, they want to get out of the bucket, so they start to climb each other. By the time the guy gets to the top, hey, nobody come right back down. Yeah, it, it's a tough, I mean? I'm getting a bit, Ottawa's getting a bit, I've been here eight years now. Great city, a lot of great, 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 great people. Like a lot of friends here, I'm not saying that. Absolutely. But it's getting a bit, it's getting a bit stale. It's getting a bit, uh, the mentality starting to. Time to move on. Yeah, it, it's time. It, I mean, I just want to, I don't want to leave, Ottawa's kind of my home base, but I think I need to start branching off into other cities. Um, it, it's just like, I can only help so many people. I will not help. Like, there's some people that you'll just never change their mindset, right? They're just. Fucking. So speaking about these guys, how do you know when you get a person that comes up to you, they contact you? You know what? Good for whoever's contacting, looking for coaches. Yes. You, you know you what can, I mean? You can tell who's serious, man. You know, I, I give someone a little bit of homework or, you know, uh, you know, do this questionnaire, get back to me on this. You don't get back to me, man. You're not serious. Absolutely. I, and I, look, I'm too busy to chase you. Look at if you don't want to change your life, How the fuck, the fuck you, am I going to do about it? Nothing. Exactly. I just move on. Man. Mm. I, I, have not, I have no... I, and I, it's, not, it's not like I don't like that person. I mean, I, I'll still respect you, but I, I can't help you. Yeah, I wish you the best. I wish you the best. Your You're not who I need as a student. You're not going to break free. I'm here to get people out of this slump. I'm doing a conference in November. I'm, gonna, I'm calling it Break Off the Shackles of Mediocrity. Break off the shackles of mediocrity. You know, one of my favorite sayings is you can never find the same person twice, even in the same person. Eh? Ooh. I like that a one a lot. Too. It's an era of poetry. Oh. I'm, I'm starting to get into the poetry. Yeah, man. That might be my, the conference after fuck that. Fuck, you should do it. <laughs> man, the guy's dead, bro. He's long gone. But if I yeah. can use that line, man, you I like can never that. find the same person twice. I like twice, all the other stuff, the man. The deep stuff. Just kind of the deep dive, man. Get emotional. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy, man. But there's a lot. But I have some really good students. I have, I've had some, a lot of really great breakthroughs with a lot of my students. Some students didn't work out that way. Just like, you know, they, 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 fade, they fade away. They don't do what they, you know, I have to chase them for the next session. I have to chase them to do their homework. I mean, that's not, the, you know, I can't help you. But some people yeah. are like, you, you, you flip a switch. They recognize it. I, I helped one couple retire 13 years earlier. That's amazing. By changing their, just by showing them actually that what the assets they had could be converted into income which would cover their entire lifestyle. But they were, so, they were willing to work 13 more years. Why? Because cultural Canada says you work till you're 65. Fuck it. it just de it's just default. That's sickening, man. They were, just will they were just ready for it. They didn't even process the fact that, like, what? I could retire? Yes. And not retire and, like, stay in their house and retire and cover their ideal lifestyle it's fucking nuts it's crazy it's 13 crazy. years is a long time off your life yeah it absolutely is doing especially. a shitty job man it's it's it's, it's my I, father was a workaholic so he, he was a typical farmer from lebanon he was working on the farm since four you know what i mean the real classic story fucking ruling grueling all day long don't give a shit 13 brothers Huge family, right? Yeah. And then when my dad came here, he was doing the same thing to support the ones back home. Right? And then my dad always told me, he's like, you know what? A man dies once he stops chasing his dream. I like that. I, I And I agree with that. And I heard that when I was young. 
And I never was able to conform to like conformity to regular norms. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your norms. I like that. I you respect I mean? people that grind for their family. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, like, because their identity or possibly their life goal is to provide for their family. That's their life goal, right? Not everybody has to be a, a world traveler driving a Ferrari. That's yeah. not everybody's goal. If your goal is to take care of your family, I applaud that. Hard work, good for you. I mean, I like that. It's just that, you know, I find your I, passion, do what you want to do. Exactly. Don't just work hard for no purpose, though. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is and then it's just the the real step is what do you want? That's you, Jay. And no, and honestly, nobody knows what they want. I asked most students. I said, "What would you do if you had a week off?" They 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 they, they struggle to they scramble to find like a little errand to do. They're like, "Oh." I, Go for a coffee. Like you should not be scrambling to fill your leisure time. Yeah. Right. It should be the opposite. Enjoyment of life should not be a reward for doing mindless tasks and errands we don't care about in this life. What gives you the greatest joy out of coaching? Because let's be honest, that's Break. probably your favorite thing. It's my favorite, but it's not as profitable as my other sides, but it's my favorite in the sense that breakthrough. When you mm -hmm. look at somebody, I'm looking at you actually right now, and there's some fucking light bulbs going off, right? Yeah. That is euphoric, man. I believe it, man. Euphoric. You know, I can make, well, I, you know, I made a million dollars out in Alberta a couple months ago with my partner. That was just money. That was kind of cool. But when you see somebody's fucking life change, it's, Incredible. it's, ma it's magical, man. Because a lot of people can't envision having the mansion in the Ferrari. Yeah, so I tell people, like, look, I, I have a couple, like, many students, I said, like, look, at, I'm looking at you. I know where you're going. You don't see it, but I see it. Right? And it's just kind of like they're just, that is a, that is a, a surreal kind of emotion thing. It's just cool, man. Or, it's, or when I speak, somebody come, they come up to me and they're like, they're like, they're forever changed or moved. I mean, that's. That's special. You can't, you can't beat that. man. That's fucking special. Yeah, it is special, yeah. It's crazy because you know what? A lot of people don't understand how hard it is to do public speaking. And the fact that you're actually doing conferences, and let's be honest, you're public speaking. What's one of your uh, advices on how to get people more comfortable and to kind of wave, make their way into public speaking as well? Yeah, it is tough. I mean, it, for, first of all, like, so I still get nerves too because you're, you know, all the things like, okay, is this going to go right? Is that going to go right? The whole setting. So the anxiety is, is there. It happens regardless of how many times you speak. But I mean, <clears throat> number one is you got to know what you're talking about. You have to be passionate. Because here's the thing. All these, you know, go, how many times have you been to a presentation and you're bored? You're on your phone. You're, you're not into it. The they got a PowerPoint or whatever. You're like, no, no. Crowds react to passion. The way I talk, I know it's resonating with you. Because I'm, I'm passionate about what I'm saying. The words come out of my mouth are what I believe and feel and have lived. That shit works. Instead of just saying, hey, uh, this is how you do a flip and this is what you should do. Like, that's not. Yeah, that's fucking boring. That's shit. boring. So know your stuff, but also believe your stuff. That's why I don't do coaching on a bunch of other stuff. It's, it's boring. It's not gonna. It's not gonna resonate with the crowd. Like I know on Saturday, I will move people just with the concept of time that I was talking about because they've never thought about it or embraced it that way. Time management's tough, man. A lot of I ask that question to everybody. How did you time? How did you figure out your time management? It's not even just management too, because management is like management is one thing, but if you're just looking at pro productivity and efficiency. A lot of the time, you end up just having more time to fill with more shitty tasks. So there you go. If you become more efficient, okay. So the goal is out. I'm going to be more productive, okay. But if you have more, if you 
become more productive, magically what happens is that is more crap starts to fill that time. You can't efficiency and productivity is, is not only the key, it's part of it, but you have to learn to appreciate time from a different angle. You have to learn to use time for personal use and joy and things like that, not just for efficiency. We have to use our time not so that we can become big economic, bigger economic machines. People are like, oh, if I become more efficient, then I can just do more of these tasks. More of these, like that's you're, you're kind of spinning your tires there. That's how you're done. Right? For me, a big thing is compartmentalizing the life, right? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. That's for, it took me a while to figure it out. Can't tell you I'm a master. I'd be fucking lying right to your face. You know it's up, I mean? man. Time, time is like <clears throat> it's just so precious. And you think about 24 hours. So I'm I'm so almost obsessive about the 24 hours a day that I have. It's recognizing that it just keeps ticking, man. Keeps True. ticking. So you got to look at like how do you actually want to spend your 24 hours every day? Yeah. Right. In terms of and how do you want to not just spend it, but how do you want to feel during, during these 24 hours? I agree with you completely, man. Yeah, it's just it's 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 just ticking, man. I agree with you completely. One of my biggest things that is my biggest pet peeve. It's not a fear; it's a pet peeve. Is yep. wasting time. Yep. And like you said, man, it's the only currency you can never return. You you can't return. You so know, it's just once like, spent, it's gone. You know, it's crazy. If I said, you know, if if you had a if you had a year to live, and you were offered, okay, uh, give me every cent you have, and I'll give you another five years, you would sell every. You would give it up. And in a second, without hesitation. When you look at it that way, it's without hesitation. But people don't kind of connect that, even though it's real. Right? Where do the, they t- the time is finite. Yeah. You might not die tomorrow or next year, but you are going to die. So why don't you treat that concept as the same as you might die next year or in two years? Because you might, you might not, but you might. There is no control. You don't know what the future is. You know what the present is. But we, 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 we chase all these things and neglect time. And then we wonder why our lives suck and why we have so much regret and pain because you're not respecting the number one commodity that exists in, in, for humans. Let me ask yeah. you this. Since you've actually, you understand the concept and you're teaching the concept, right? How would you say you've spent this last 12 years and how much you can say regret you have in the last 12 years? Is there much? Because obviously, you know, even if you're a coach, you've had to go through your trials and tri- tribulations to get to this moment, right? So, yeah, so, I mean, look, if you if you restarted knowing what you know now, you'd probably do just something different. But I just looked at, to get to where my my mind is now and my concept now and what I teach people now, it it required that 12-year journey. So there is no regret and all that. And just kind of looking back at just all the personal growth I've had. So I can't say regret, but... Uh, um, what about friends, friend circles? A lot of people, because obviously we're entrepreneurs... I got a lot. I got a lot of friends. I mean, we got we got all these different circles of life, right? I mean, I know thousands, I would say, of people, and then you, you know they have these different circles of relationships. But I got a great social network, great friend, uh, yeah, great friends everywhere. And it's kind of like you know, friends become your students and your clients, and then clients become your friends, right? It's all kind of sometimes it, it intertwines with one another. It does, man. It does. It, so, yeah, how much I'm, time do you guys take on the mortgage brokering then? Well, I right now, so I mean, part of more on the technical side of freedom, not the concept of time, but I have um, five assistants. Three of them handle my mortgage business. So 
that allows me to scale and really pr produce a lot of mortgages, but where all the administration stuff is taken care of by my team. Very good. Right? So that's part of like when I coach students, not just about changing your mindset and what you want and managing your time, but also there's technical stuff too, implementing the right people and processes and systems in order to keep the time free. So there is technical training as well. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know about if we're offering. Yeah, so I, like, I, I'm going to Italy on Sunday, and I'm bringing my five assistants. I'm the sixth, by the way. Well, this is an interview. Well, this is the seventh, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so they, I mean, I, like one of the things is treat your staff well, right? So I, I have five women that work for me. We have become almost a family. I Beautiful. pay them well. I allow them to work remotely. They have flexible hours. I'm taking them to Italy, all expenses paid. I respect them. I motivate them. I inspire them. I make them part of my business. I'm not some condescending boss that talks down to them like they're a fucking useless employee. No, no, they are my partners. They allow me to be free and live the way I want. Yeah. I better treat them like gold. Absolutely. I do. I do. Absolutely. I yeah. say that all the time, and yeah. they're building your dream. Exactly. A lot of these guys are out here, and they, you know what? They're yeah. beneath me. It's a power trip. It's no, ego. Why would I? Why would I? It's like, what do you, what's the expression of the golden goose? Why would I kill the golden goose? Like huh. They're helping me live my life. Huh. Therefore, I should be grateful and help them live their life. So do you do also coaching with them? They learn a lot from me through osmosis. Meaning yeah. we just, you know, we talk all the day and you know, they, they're, they just see how I am and they're coming to the conference. They, they, so they see how I operate. And yeah, it's infectious. A lot, it is infectious. But I mean, a lot of them, uh, you know, a couple of them are uh, really struggling with a couple of different things. And I'm just, and they're, they're family. So like when I, if one of my staff calls me, I'm I drop the phone. They're family. It's like helping out your family. Absolutely. So yeah, hundred percent. I am working through some issues with them, but I mean, everybody's got everybody's got issues, man. That's life, yeah. Everybody, including myself, we have, all have to work through constant things. But um, yeah, I I'm a, I, I support them hundred percent. Good for you, man. That's the key, right? Working through it, right? So good for you. So where can they find where can they find these tickets if they wanted to join the event on Saturday? Financialfreedomconference.ca. Nice and easy. Yep. Financialfreedomconference.ca. Yeah, it's at the Infinity Center on uh, on Hunt Club from eight till one thirty. Uh, myself, five other speakers, and way I've designed this is that I wanted a conference that is not just not on the technical side where it's like here's how you make money on an apartment building and stuff like more like the mindset, the concepts, the systems, the people in place. So myself and the six speakers we're all talking on on broad concepts because I think that. No amount of money in the world will help you if you don't have your mind in check and you don't have your systems in check and you don't have your time in check. I Absolutely. think that's the foundation first, right? You got to build on that, right? Yeah, so that's really the theme of the conference. Yeah. And you're and you're an author of a book? Uh, two books, yeah. I published yeah. two books. They're both on Amazon. One's called The Investor Mindset. That was my first book that I wrote basically when I hit rock bottom and how I embraced certain life lessons to become a better investor. And the second one is um, called How to Retire in 10 Years. How to retire in 10 years. Yeah, so it's all the, it's basically around the concept is first thing is find out what you want in life and then map out a budget for it and then go get the money to over to basically sustain your ideal lifestyle instead of doing it backwards. And I learned this from just like when I stopped, when I started traveling, I'm like, okay, this is the life I want. Now let's go work with purpose and invest with purpose. Don't just like, you know, people want more money, but I'm like, for what? Why? How much do you, more do you want? How much more do you need? They're like, yeah. uh, they're like, oh, I just want to make more money. For what? Where's it going? Talk I, to how me. much do you need? They're like, oh, I need a, a why, why do you need that amount? You, they don't go through the exercise. It's kind of like blind. Why it's do you fucking need, weird, though, to be it honest. Is, it's, it's, it's so it's, fucking it's, weird. It's, 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 it's almost like I'm in a fucking twilight zone. Everything's yeah. backwards. Yeah. Why do you need another million? Do you need two million? 
Maybe you need 500,000. The fact is, you don't know because you've never thought about it. You're just Crazy. going through this fucking process of bigger house, more money, but your fucking job without any real tie to your life. Fucking crazy, man. It blows it's, my mind. It blows my mind. And I see it every day. And I'm just like, fuck, man. I, I want to shake. Sometimes you actually have to shake people and shake them free. Well, good for you that you're doing it. And at the end of the day, like you said, it's fucking rewarding. It's euphoric it's when you so see people. It's so rewarding, man. I'm, gonna create, I'm, creating, I'm creating a movement, man. I'm going to create, I call it the, the wealth revol, uh, revolution, man. I'd love to jump on that movement because it's funny because I do this all day, every like, day. You might see a fucking parade next year with Frost Financial shirts. You never know, man. I'm going to go right up to fucking Sussex Avenue and throw that prime minister out the fucking well, office. Hey, man, listen, I'm with you on that one. Eh? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theory. I'm just looking at, again, I'm not, politics is politics, but I'm like, the state of Canada is the worst it's ever been in. And you have to blame the leader. Absolutely. Okay? You steer the ship. I'm not saying conspiracy and a fucking sad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Canada is in the worst position it's ever been in. Yeah. Just like on, uh, you know, The Apprentice with Donald Trump. If you're the project leader, you get canned if, you're, if, if, you're, if your project sucks. Same here, man. You're the prime minister. It's the worst it's ever been in. You got to go, man. That's it. I don't think you'll ever resign with dignity, but we'll find out. Uh. I don't, it's funny because I see these when his wife left him, Sophie. Yeah. You see all these things. Oh, the prime minister getting divorced or separated or whatever. And then they're like, I see all the comments. What the fuck? We want a divorce from him too. This is bullshit. You yeah, know what I mean? mean? It's just, like, like, that's politics crazy. is politics. Like you'll always, Absolutely. you'll never be a hundred percent liked by everybody and everybody has an expiry date. But I'm just saying like, I mean, Trudeau, you've been in it for eight years. You've expired, man. Absolutely. The, the country is is really, really in a bad shape. Absolutely. The fact that people now that a hundred grand a year people, I mean, a hundred grand a year now is poverty. Yeah, it's fucked up. If you ask, it, like, it is crazy. Well, and it, it's just the math. Like someone comes to me, like I make hundred and twenty grand a year. What can I do? I'm like, you can't do anything. <laughs> you could have, but now you're too far out. You're paying thirty five in taxes. You got a rent or mortgage. That's another forty. You got a car, food, phone, internet. You're no, done. That's it. You add on a kid, you're in debt. You make less than a hundred. You're, you're just you're you're boring off credit card. The, the math just does not work. You hear that, Trudeau? Get out, man. We're sick of you. It's, we want a divorce just like <laughs> Sophie too. Man. Oh, like, it's bad, man. I mean, just, I just like politics. Politics. I get it, but I'm like, like if right now, it's like we we have to, man. Just like just almost like sometimes the confidence of the fucking of society. People are people are down man i get i get calls daily about just like they're they're destitute they're 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 fucked that's crazy people in their in their corners they got nowhere to turn i got a, I, a good example now what's common is that you know people's mortgage are up for renewals right canadians live paycheck to paycheck they have no savings and they're usually loaded with debt so now you have a mortgage you got to sign a renewal and it's double the payment they're not going to be able to you actually it. can't afford it yeah. therefore you're put into a corner where you're forced to sell because you can't afford the mortgage and now what you sell at a loss because we're in a down market and now what do you do you pay higher rents because rents are high that's crazy you're fucked this that's is the average crazy. profile huh? so by like a lot of times like i can show you the messages like they're like what should i do i'm like there's nothing you can do there's three options and they all suck you double your payment you sell at a loss or you rent high. Like those are the options. None of them are good. So I'm like, pick one. It's bad. I have no tangible solution for you. You know what? I love how <laughs> all the gurus come out and they tell you something different, but sometimes you just got to fucking start all over again. You know, it's, you're going to see bankruptcies just going through the roof. But at the same time, look at it like this. If they had the house, right. And they were trying to get into this market during the COVID boom to make that quick 100 grand, or whatever, and you got caught, 
Okay, fine. If it worked out for you, great. You would have been ahead. But if, since you did it, it's just business. Yeah, sometimes I don't, you gotta I don't, chalk your losses up. I agree. I don't. I don't feel bad for people who have put themselves in a bad situation. I also don't feel bad for people who have not taken the time to build something for yourself. Absolutely, okay? man. If you decide to overspend on your credit cards and all that shit and not invest, possibly it's lack of education, but that's on you. That's all. That's on you. I come from the same system. Okay. I wasn't, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a guide. My parents didn't teach me any of this stuff. No. I was born into me, middle family. I made a conscious choice to do what I had to do. So I don't feel bad for people that didn't do what they had to do. I agree with you. I don't. Yeah. So, but you'll have to deal with things as they unfold. Sometimes maybe you'll have, maybe you'll have to lose everything and restart, but then you'll know, right? Sometimes knowledge is, is rough. You got to go through a rough patch, but you have to figure it out. But I mean, you know, the fact that you didn't make moves, like when, that my best friend that was over talking about yeah. women in the sauna. Yeah. Been saying the same song for 20 years. Now. And so when, when's enough's enough? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, 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 I actually told him, I got a bit pretty stern. I said, look, and you got two options. Cause his, he basically, what he said was, I want to buy a rental property first of all, but my wife does not. I said, okay, here's the options. You can legally buy a rental property without spousal consent mm -hmm. as, a, as an investment property. If you do that and your wife find out, which then you're gonna, she's gonna lose your mind. Internal conflicts. Yep. Or you shut the fuck up and stop talking about it. And just do it. So just, but stop telling me you want to do it, but you can't do it because your wife. Make a decision. You're going to do it and deal with pissing off your wife or doing it on your own, or you're gonna shut the fuck up and stop bringing it up again. I'm tired of hearing about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And there's another one where you're just by thinking about doing it. You kind of justify you not doing it. No, no. Stop it. You either do it or you don't. Don't go in this I'm going to do it mode for another fucking 20 years. Yeah. I am tired, man. Absolutely. Okay, so I gave, him some tough, I gave him some tough love. Because it drains your energy in the end of the day. Well, it just, it, no, but, but I'm not here to hold your hand while you no, make bad 100%, decisions, right? 100%. So you're just like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I get it, man. We'll talk about it next year. We've been talking about it for 20 years. I'm not here to hold your hand. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. If not, if you're not going to do it, I get it. You want to piss off your wife? That's fine. I get it. Yeah. But I got married. You're not going to, okay? Then shut up. Get it out of your mind. It's not going to happen because you're not going to do it behind your wife's back. And I'm not saying do it or don't do it. I'm just saying those are the two options. An option that you don't have is in the middle. That's not an option anymore. Two options. Buy or don't buy. Make one. Done. Perfect. Crazy, man. Yeah, it's, it's wild how some people really can't make a decision nowadays. It's it's just you know what listen we're running out of time i fucking Is that an hour i mean can you leave that no way i swear to god come man. on no, can, the crazy part is <laughs> i can go on forever i'm in, i'm really enjoying this right now well invite me back man i'm done man 100 i would love to even show up on the saturday thing you know do it I free do. ticket, free ticket. I'm, I'm, honestly free two tickets. two tickets okay okay so. i'll just uh yeah i have an email so awesome that was that was great we're gonna have the links in the description where you, uh if you want to show up go to the website purchase your tickets honestly you gotta love brock you know what i gotta say man you're something special man i've met a lot of people you got my fucking juices <laughs> going you know Get going, baby. <laughs> yeah we're gonna have all the links in the description go take a look at the books yeah right Honestly, I want I want some of the books as well. I'm, I'm really into that Patrick Bet David lifestyle. Oh yeah, where it's all about the pages nowadays. You know, even if you're not into books, start training yourself. You know, knowledge is power on how you implement it. Right? It's useless if you don't just fucking use it. So uh, we're gonna have you on next time, brother. And I'm gonna see you Saturday. Looking forward to it. Pleasure, yeah, man. Cheers. Take care. Cheers, brother.